Hi, welcome to an episode of Fill Me In. I'm Kirk Liddell. And I'm Carl Danielson. And we're about to engage you and ourselves in meaningful, delightful, informative conversation about the theater and music and music theater from two people. Two very different people. Yes. Um, I'm a black kid from the, the Midwest. And I'm a 59-year-old white dude from California. I love that you said black kid. (laughs) This is Fill Me In. Welcome to another episode of Fill Me In. Um, Today we're going to be talking about, actually, before we go, before we get started about what we're talking about. Um, so Carl, I, we had talked earlier this week about adding a new little segment yes. to our wonderful program. So I guess I'll start us off. Yes. The new segment is called Moved. And basically I ca- I had this idea where in the first five minutes of the show, we'll talk about, um, something that we have, we saw, we heard, we did that like moved us, um, spiritually emotionally mentally something like that right um and so i'll go first with our new segment moved um (laughs) that was carl clapping that's what that sounded like was a clap (laughs) um so i've been in ohio uh for about two weeks now cleveland cleveland ohio specifically um which is where i'm from born and raised and uh the beauty of coming home is that I get to drive a a car again and I don't don't get me wrong I love living in New York and not having to to drive a vehicle like the subway is great in that regard that I don't have to be in charge of things but I miss singing in the car like that is my Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite pastimes is to just like get in the car and kind of aimlessly drive and just get to like sing at the top of my lungs and it's it's great (laughs) well I was driving and I don't know, I Carl, I don't know if you watched this TV show and I'm, I feel like you had to, um, but I was listening to the music from Bombshell, right? Which was a part of the TV show Smash that starred Megan oh, right. and Kathy McPhee. Um, but there's an album of just the music that would have been featured in Bombshell if it was an actually musical. And uh, Megan Hilty sings a song in what would probably be the second act called Keep Moving the Line. Um, I jumped all the hurdles to break out other packs, right? Um, and I'm like in the car driving. And I start crying, like just weeping. I'm like so moved. First of all, Megan Hilty vocally yeah. is otherworldly, right? Like yes. Yes. a whole nother level. And to think that she was ever even in competition with Catherine McPhee to play um, Marilyn Monroe makes no sense because one of them looks like Marilyn Monroe and makes total sense. And the <laughs> other person is Catherine McPhee. But I digress. So I'm listening to a song and then she's talking about moving the line. And I don't know uh, how much I have talked about on the podcast. Um, my like last couple of years in the industry and kind of my trajectory and how much it changed post or during the pandemic. Right. Right. I went from being uh, on a first national tour and excuse me, really saw 
like a future and I was like starting to get all of these really important callbacks and auditions for things and I was like okay I'm making headway I am I'm really like I'm starting to feel it it's great and then the world shut down and I and it like all kind of just like vanished from me and keep moving the line is really a song about just like how you as as hard as you keep going as as fast as you keep running the finish line just keeps getting pushed further and further and further away. Yeah. But (laughs) the determination to keep going because it doesn't like she, you you get through that song and it doesn't matter by the time (coughs) you get to the end of it. She's like, they keep moving it, but I'm still here. I'm still going and I'm still pushing. So I'm, I was like, I turned it on kind of randomly. Like I started the album in the middle of the, in the middle of it and was like just vibing in the car and got to that song and just got like overwhelmed with emotion. Um, and what happens a lot in this, when I come home is that I get to have a little bit of clarity. Uh, mm, yeah. Like when there's distance between me and New York, <laughs> I remember yes. like she, like, she, like it's a person when there's right. distance between me and New York, I get to have a little, uh, I can get a little bit of clarity. I can, I can start to kind of see uh, the forest for the trees, so to speak. Yep. Yep. And uh yeah, and I, but I like felt that again. I felt this concept of like, yeah, they keep moving this line, and it feels like I have been like trudging forward, and I, I jump the hurdles, and I, and I break out of the packs, but like, then things change, and I, and I, all of a sudden, I have to start over again, and, but I'm okay with that. Well, we have I, to be. What, what, yeah. what choice do you have? I, I mean, the, the choice is to stop, and I am not there, right? Like, yeah. I don't have that. I, well, I don't have that concept yet. There's no, there's no finish line because once you even have the, the EGOT or whatever the thing is, there's so much pressure on you to do the next thing. And if you're really interested in doing it, as opposed to having the EGOT <laughs> right. or the, or the me got or the G got, they just added one to it. I don't even know. Oh, it's the Pulitzer, right? If you get, if you yeah. also get the Pulitzer. The P-GOT? P-GOT. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's P-GOT, girl. That is, that sounds very correct. Yeah. And yeah and are you enjoying any of it and yeah exactly yeah exactly so uh that's i mean that is what moved that's what moved me this week carl your turn um well my i have a different kind of being moved because oh. you don't have moved isn't necessarily just being inspired and, exactly uh, absolutely uh, but i did run across something well first of all i'm you know as you with smash and i i saw the i saw the first couple episodes uh, but I, I never really followed Smash. Um, I'm wondering if you've heard of this quite famous, notorious, n- notorious banned black film from the 70s called The Spook Who Sat in the Corner. <laughs> well, so I found out about this movie, which is quite extraordinary and very moving. It's moving in all the ways that you can imagine yeah. that it would be moving. It's horrifying and it's sad in the in the fact that it's, you know, what, 50 years old, almost 50 years old, and we've made such little progress. But it's also, there's some amazing performances in it. It's really well told. told it's a well-made movie. The fact that there was a black movie that was banned blows my mind. Right. Uh, I hardly know anyone who's heard of it. And I found out about it on... Uh, a podcast that I listened to called The History of Literature. And they were talking about the the 
subject was James Bond. They they do everything, you know, from Shakespeare to poetry to Cervantes to to world literature to Toni Morrison to everything, right? right. It, it's all it, it, it's all on there, and. Uh, so this character, it started out as a novel, the spook who sat in the corner, and then they turned it into this movie. And the idea is that he's the black James Bond. And oh. the place to see it is on YouTube. And I highly recommend it. Nice. That's There's cool. also things cool. in it that are very funny. Okay. We like funny. Yeah. So so that's my my share for the week. Amazing. <laughs> Well, let's get into the our regularly scheduled programming, yeah? Yes. What is our subject for this week? So, this week, our subject is our top three movie musicals. Now. Oh, from- interesting. Okay. I misunderstood. I'm ready. Oh, I, I was going to say, so Carl and I tried, we were talking about this off pod, and I you made a comment about the difference between a movie musical and a musical that's been filmed. Yes. And, a and either turned into a, a movie or a filming of a musical, musical a la right. the Hamilton pro shoot. Exactly. Pro shoot. Yes. So my thought, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. And these are the ones that I picked, but, and that's okay. If you, if you did, if we are not, well, it's such down. an interesting subject, and yeah. movie musicals are definitely at the fore again. Wow! Yeah, which is so exciting. I feel like I feel like there was this kind of happened in the early like 2010s, right? Like right around like the Les Mis and the Mamma Mia's of the world, and then we kind of like dwindled and they kind of went away. Well, and- it was uh, Chicago. When when was the Chicago? I, oh, movie? well, Chicago was early 2000s. I yeah, feel like yeah. it happens. I feel like there was like a big wave at the beginning of each decade, and then they kind of like peter out, and then they come back right. because because in two that like around 2010, the tens was like Mamma Mia, um, Les Mis. Right. But like- do you think those movies had a larger impact beyond people who like musicals? I think Mamma Mia for sure. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think uh I think I think a lot of people fit, found out I think a lot of people my age, I let me let me rephrase. A lot of people my age like really understand who Abba is because that movie exists. Yes. And it like I think that's fair. of like, oh, this is Abba music and that's exciting. I don't know so much about Les Mis. I think people really liked Les Mis. That's like a that's a civilian favorite, I'd like to think. Like people who Well, the show, I wonder if the movie was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There were a lot of I know a lot of people who had a lot of opinions about the sh- about the movie. Yeah. So um, but I do think like there's a so that was the early tens, and then in like the but in the early two thousands there was the epicness that was Chicago and kind of how it like really set a precedent for the way we were gonna be doing movie musicals moving forward and kind of how we can really uh acknowledge them for being great stories without like making fun of them in some regard. And now we're at a point where we have like hype and the wicked movies on the way and things like that. So I feel like West side story. Oh yeah. West side story. Like that's the, that's the big, um, the, the big musical movie of the year. And I'm not even saying you don't think it's tick, tick, boom. Well, there's tick tick boom, right? Yeah, like that's again. So I just think we're at, we're at a new point again, where like 
movie musicals are back kind of in the zeitgeist. zeitgeist. Yes, yes, absolutely. But is, I mean, not that any of this matters because I couldn't care less about all the awards but and refuse to watch any of them. But isn't West Side Story getting more awards than Tick, Tick, Boom? Yes, I think, uh, yeah. I just, I actually think it's because of what they chose, what was chosen to be up for nominations. I just think they had, like West Side had more, well, people know it. Yeah. And and I would say that there are a lot of, you know, once once we leave our refined community of artists and, you know, theater people, the world is aware of the West Side Story movie in a way that they probably aren't with Tick, Tick, Boom. They may no. know Rent, but yes, they probably they don't, don't know. They don't know Tick, Tick, Boom. For sure, right. for sure. And uh, But I think uh, all that Andrew Garfield is kind of getting, like all of the buzz Andrew Garfield has been creating behind right. the film has right. certainly changed it. So maybe it's doing a little bit different now than yeah. it was when it came out in October. October, I think it came out. Um, but so that, stemmed, this is, that is kind of what stemmed this conversation for me is that this West Side Story, this remake of the West Side Story movie is pretty brilliant. And I love Ariana DeBose. And mm. she's a lot of publicity right now for her yes. performance as Anita, which I think she did. She did something. She was so spe- like so specific to what all of the other women before her. She honors them all in a perfect mm. way. Yeah. But she's still herself and yeah. it's still her take and it's her choice and i and so in this in the movie um they speak in spanish often and they don't put subtitles on it which i thought was great and i because i you know i don't speak spanish carl speaks a little spanish and i uh i but i still understood like i knew what i got the subtext well it's spanglish it's a few words here and there they're not it's 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 not like in that but there's Bible. a full scene there are full i mean there are full scenes where they speak in spanish the most of it and i was like oh they're not gonna put su- subtitles up that's great like i i will just understand what's happening in the moment and be and be present and know that like anita's pissed right now <laughs> and how she's pissed right? yeah i don't even know what she's saying i know she's mad great um, well, and they also were so you you didn't see the the was it two thousand and nine the Broadway revival with all the all the Spanish in there that really did have sections that were just in Spanish. This they Mr. Kushner brilliantly added this notion, which is very much prevalent in the um, particularly the immigrant Spanish speaking community of we need to speak English now, and there's a shame, and there's there's all kinds of. Uh, Latino people who are proud of the fact that I that they don't speak Spanish, which is horrifying to me. Yeah. I mean, not 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 giving judgment to that, but you realize we have such a judgment thing going on in the United States about what what's your language and how fluent are you in your accent, and it's all it's all appalling. But Kushner de- deals with that so so well in the script. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but that was kind of what stemmed my thought of like, oh, we should talk about movie musicals because they really are for a lot of people who can't afford to get to Broadway on a regular basis. It's kind of their like window in to the theater of it all. Um, like yeah, I can that's say, yeah, like I can say that my first real experience with theater, consciously understanding what musical theater was, was my first choice for uh, musical theater, our conversation on musical musical movies, was Hairspray. 
Oh the God. 2007. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> the 2007 like movie version, uh, directed by Adam Shankman, right. um, and starring Nikki Blonsky and Amanda Bynes and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer and John Travolta. Uh, right? They're like it's like a star-studded cast. Queen Latifah, excuse me, cannot be remiss. Yes, uh, I know. There's it's too many in one. It's like I mean, it's a star-studded cast, which you don't. When I was in 2007, I didn't really understand who those people are and were. And now as an right. adult, I'm like, oh, my God, Kirk, they were like, right. those are like people. Um, they're like very important people at that. And so, but it was my first real experience with uh, with what musical theater is and can do for uh, as a conversation piece. Like what, it, how it can affect talks and conversations around oh, yeah. these people so i and i've i've told parts of the story in other episodes of the podcast i'm sure but i the first time i ever heard of hairspray i was maybe in the fourth grade and the man who like brought theater into my life um his name is brian mcconnell who uh he's he recently passed and uh he played Welcome to the 60s for me, and I was like, I love this song. It's so good. This is so fun. And, like, one day he tried to play me Run and Tell That, which is Seaweed Song, which is, like, a part that I've, like, now gone on to audition for a bunch. Oh, you've and never been in it? I've done the show. Oh, I've okay. done the show. But you I've just never haven't played that part yet. I never okay. played Seaweed. Okay. Um, but I – but so he played me Run and Tell That for the first time, and I was like, this is a good song, but, like, Welcome to the 60s is, like, the song. So like, you have to play that again. Like, do not waste my time with this. Other song. <laughs> and he was like, but Kirk, you should learn this one. Like you'll sing this someday. Yes. And I was like, sure, 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 sure. Welcome to the sixties is the song though. So let's, let's play that one more often. Thank you so much. Um, so, but he would pick me up for, from my elementary school to take me to rehearsal at the middle school. And he would play welcome to the sixties. And if we hit a light and he had to play it twice, he would play it twice because I liked it that much. Well, fast forward to 2007, uh, 2007, 2008. My family had just moved from one neighboring town in Cleveland to a different town. And I had like no friends that summer and hairspray happened to be on the MT. It happened to be on the happened to be on MTV, like that whole summer randomly, like you couldn't go a couple hours without them replaying hairspray again. And so I like, that ended up being like my comfort movie. Like I would sit mm. in my room kind of alone and like turn the lights out, have a bowl of popcorn and just like watch that movie and feel like the characters, like I really understood the characters and I really like, right. I was like, these are my kind of people. Like I would be friends with Tracy. Like I would absolutely be like a kid who was in detention and like hanging out with seaweed and the gang. Like that is very much who I wanted to be. Um, fast forward, we start school and I'm slowly starting to make friends. And, uh, there are two girls at my, near my locker who were also new and had similar summers to me because they were like, yeah, we just moved here and didn't have any real friends. And so they also ended up watching Hairspray all the time. So we would like quote it at each other randomly in the hallway. Like no one would know what we were talking about, but I was like, I would like make a random, I could make a random joke to them and say right. I can hear the bells and they would get it. And it was great and super funny. Um, and now I watch it as an adult. I, I watch it at 28 and I see how brilliant it is. 
like choreographically is stunning. The cinematography, so good. The fact that Adam Shankman, I think because Adam Shankman is a man from the theater, he doesn't try to make it, he doesn't try to make it better. Well, he, he that's everything right there. It, we'll come exactly. back. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. He acknowledges that it is, it is good all on its own. Right. And we just need to elevate it so that it makes sense on screen. And, and now that it's not live right. every night, we just have to elevate it so that it makes sense on screen every time right. we watch it. Yeah. Um, but he's not trying to fix any problems. There are no problems to be fixed. He's just allowing the show to breathe. And so you get to, I know where I've been and Queen Latifah like walks down the street and the, the everyone is like lining up behind her and it's like foggy and smoky and they're just like they're it, she's singing that song so beautifully and i like i get choked up even thinking about it because that to that was the first time that i ever really understood like art can affect you wow yeah it, i mean it's it's to this day i think it holds up in every sense of the like in every sense of it when you're talking about a movie musical that is like thought provoking, but also fun and colorful and live, it, it, I don't think anything beats it. I have to confess. I don't know that much about Adam Shankman. Really? Yeah. What, what do I, what, what do I know him from? Um, he was a chorus boy, like in his heyday, like he did, he was in a lot of Broadway music, like a lot of Broadway choruses. Um, the, the way I found him was he used to be like main, the main, like Broadway choreographer on So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, like, okay. Was, like that is what brought him into my world. And then I realized like, oh, that Adam Shankman is the same Adam Shankman from Hairspray. He also, um, he also directs a lot of like sitcoms like he will do like one episode sitcoms i'm sure he's direct i think he's directed a couple episodes of within grace um yeah he's but he's like a big he's like really kind of straddled the line between director choreographer for film and since leaving the in like leaving being an actor on broadway right oh rock of ages okay yeah yeah interesting Um, you started to say how it made you feel when you sat down to watch Hairspray, when you were watching it a lot. Can you finish that? You, you, you didn't actually get to how it made you feel. Oh, it made me feel, it made me feel like comforted and safe. Okay. I was going to say safe. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was absolutely my comfort musical, like my comfort movie. It made me feel connected to something during a time when I was like, I don't know if people, if I'm gonna, like, I didn't know if I was gonna make friends at this new school. I didn't know if it was gonna, if I was gonna be liked or not liked, or if I was gonna have a a group, if I was gonna have a tribe. I don't know if I had any of that on the other side of what my first day of school. And so (laughs) Seaweed and Tracy and Penny and Link became um, my, kind of my people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, so that's my first one. That's great. So so what are our parameters? Are we talking about stage musicals that have been filmed? No, I was talking. I was talking about any, like, a, I guess that's, in theory, that's a right answer, right? 
it's a musical. Well, there's so many been, ways. Yeah, that it has been turned into a, a film, but it doesn't have to be like a pro shoot. It was just turned into a film. Well, you can't say that Hamilton, I mean, Hamilton is a pro shoot. It's not a right. movie. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It needs to be a movie. Oh, which does which does remind me. Have you ever seen the movie The Original Hairspray? No, like the very the like dark comedy with Ricky Lake. Yeah. Everyone always says that. They're like you should you should watch it. And I have been hesitant only because I ever because people like it, but I was like Hairspray is so specific to me that I was like I don't know if I'm going to give it the time. I don't know if I'm going to actually be able to give it the just it deserves if I Oh, it's it. so different. Okay. It's, it's, um, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you that it's my favorite thing ever. Although I think there are moments in there that are etched in my brain that will yeah. never leave. It's like, do you, do you know the producers? Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie it's based on? No. Yeah. Okay. They're just, it's just worthwhile. Yeah. And they're kind of masterpieces in their own, own way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, 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 I highly recommend that hairspray original movie with i think it's divine is the is it's john it's it's john waters and divine is yeah. in it and yeah, 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 and yeah. it was i mean it's such a very specific sensibility and style and but there's some there's some moments i don't want to give them away but uh they're spectacular so so i'm not necessarily just confined to broadway musicals that have been filmed no no okay um, well, I guess I'm going to go with the quintessential Singing in the Rain. Have you ever seen Singing in the Rain? I've never seen the movie. <laughs> You've seen the Broadway? I've seen like, I've seen, uh, per, like productions of Singing in the Rain. Does that make sense? Never seen, seen it on stage Broadway. Versions. Yes, I've seen stage versions. Just right. never the Broadway. Like I've never seen it on Broadway. Well, it, it's very, it, it's, it's very interesting it was in, it's from the fifties. Yeah. Uh, early fifties, I believe. And it wasn't until let's see the, the early eighties, I want to say maybe late seventies, but early eighties, they tried to put it up. They, they, they realized that there was a market for who, whoever they is. Broadway producers realized that there was a market for putting uh, movie musicals on stage. And it's very tricky um, to do such a thing. Now, I'm not talking about turning a, a movie like Hairspray in, into a musical. I'm talking about taking a classic Wizard of Oz, whatever, and turning it on stage because it's just their structure totally different. But yeah. there was a version on Broadway of Singing in the Rain choreographed by Twyla Tharp. Oh. It didn't last very long. And the lesson that they learned... Um, from it was, well, Twyla Tharp is not Stanley Donan, right? Twyla, Twyla and, and, and I think there was a sincere effort to create a stage version of that story, as opposed to putting the musical on stage, which I think people have found out is the safe way to, to make a successful show because yeah. whether or not beauty and the beast was the largest hit for disney certainly the fact that they honored that original they added to it but they really tried to put that on stage is what people what people gravitated to so whether or not it won all the tony awards like something like lion king which really went off in a different direction right 
Right. Um, they they do best when they capture the original and and put that on stage. But with Singing in the Rain, it's very, very difficult to do so. But after it didn't do well on Broadway, it was one of the first shows Coca-Cola mounted a national tour and they went back and again with great love and respect for the original and they tried to figure out how can we get as close as possible to this and put it on stage. And I've been fortunate enough to be in it four times, which is why, which is a little bit why, why I know so much about it. Um, but someday when you're in the mood, that original movie is extraordinary. Yeah. The performances, the structure, what they're saying, it's Comden Green. It's written by two people who know their uh, theater, right? Who have a right. background largely in theater. And it is a jukebox musical. It takes songs by basically one composer, um, although there's a little bit of, because there's some different lyricists in there. But it takes his songs, uh, Nasho Herb Brown, and uh, strings together that uh, story. I had no idea that was a jukebox musical. Well, most people don't even think about it like that, but it was created in the 50s. And it's based on the transition from silent film to talking film. And the reason that I put it first is because it is so hard to put a musical on the screen for so many different reasons. And yes. they tend to be different beasts. One of the biggest problems is sound because everybody ends up, you have to record the music. And this is one of the things that happens in Singing in the Rain. You have to record the music. And then when you're shooting it, when you're filming it, most of the time, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, except for Les Mis. Um, and I, I think there were little bits in in the Into the Woods movie, but you're, you're mouthing. You're not yes. singing, right? Yeah, you're lip syncing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, which brings its uh, which is hard. It's very it's heavy. It's heavy. a different skill set. It's a different skill set. Like, I yeah, it's mm hmm. I mm hmm. It's a different like. No one teach you. Just know how to sing. Most of the time, those people are singers who just know how to sing. No one teaches you how to like lip sync properly. That's a whole. It'd be thing. interesting to know what the statistics are because in the yeah. old days they weren't. If they couldn't sing it, somebody else was singing their track. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Which was even, very common. Which you know that happened. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still certain. It's still a different. No one teaches you how to do that. It's just like well, we should be in our <laughs> in our musical theater schools, especially yeah, especially now where where it's really coming back as a as a thing. Because it's uh, yes, the film of it all like that makes total sense to me. Yeah. So when do you know the first time you watched Singing in the Rain? Like, what was the moment that like? Well, when is the moment that you decided, like, oh, this is this is one of my favorites again? Even if it wasn't the first time, I'm I'm sure after I started working on it because I'm sure I saw it in the in the 80s at some point when I was starting to get into film because for many people it would be in the top hundred films of all time. Okay, uh, it's it's that well structured and yeah. and 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 put together. And I'm sure I appreciated it and loved it. And then I had a friend who was in that national tour. Well, I had a friend who was in the original, the, the, okay. the Twyla Tharp. He, he understudied uh, Don Lockwood, which is the Gene Kelly character. Okay, so, I, okay. so I got to hear a little bit about that experience. And then I saw the Coke version, which was, which was great fun. It's hard because once you've seen Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly and 
oh, her name, the brilliant uh, comedian who I think even won an Oscar for playing Lena Lamont and of course, Debbie Reynolds. Kathleen Freeman is in it. The lady's name will come to me. Um, after you've seen that, I mean, that's one of the other problems about taking one of these classic movies and putting them on stage. You know, you don't have that. You're, that you're expecting something. Right, 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 right. You, yeah. have, there's some, you have something to lose at that moment. I mean, that's the miracle of uh, Legally Blonde because you want to see Reese Witherspoon and you don't get Reese Witherspoon, but luckily we got something that was so different and yes. for me, just as satisfying, yep. but that is super hard to do. So it wasn't until, you know, I'd seen all of these versions, but it wasn't until I did a production in the mid nineties and had to go back and study that movie that, and of course, having done it now four times and from different and different roles, I played one, I, I played the Gene Kelly role and then I played the Donald O'Connor role and then I played the Jane. <laughs> and so I had to keep going back. And the more I watched it, um, it really is just in my heart. That's amazing. That's one of those shows that I'm terrified of because they make you tap. And, you and know it's how I, hard. And you know how I feel yeah. about tap. So I was like, yeah, this is just not one for me. And that's okay. Yes, um, but we don't have to just see shows that have parts for us. Oh, absolutely not. But Carl, that's what I do. Didn't you know? You only see shows? <laughs> <laughs> no, not anymore. I'm getting a lot better. Yeah. There was a long period when I was like, if it didn't see, if it did, if I didn't think it suited me, I was like, then I can't watch it. Well, this is, you'll like this. We're not, we're not going to get to all of our three. We're going to, this is going to be a, a, a two-parter. But the first couple times that I, when I, well, when you watch a movie like Singing in the Rain, you never think to yourself, oh, I'm going to be in that. Yeah. Right. And even when I saw my friend in it, um, and I'm, and I'm kind of between the parts uh, I dance more like one and I'm the personality for the other. So, which is why I went, went back and forth. But the first time I was offered the role and I was offered basically sight unseen, somebody who I'd auditioned, they'd, they'd, they'd lost the guy they had and a, a, a stranger who I'd never heard of called me up out of the blue and said that I was going to do this. And I spent a lot of time, well, it was, I had a week to make up my mind and I finally went, well, how am I going to turn this down? Because I kept telling him, Oh, I am totally not right for this. You, you don't, you don't want me. And the, and through the whole experience of doing it, I kept saying, "This is this isn't right for me. I, yeah. I, I shouldn't be doing it." But it was a job. It was an opportunity. I took it. And um, well, how 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 wrong we are about the things that we tell ourselves. Yes. Right. And then I yes. was afraid of the other role because it, there's some there's some tumbling involved and things and some there's the great number make them laugh. I mean, you watch this thing and you just go, oh, my God, that's not the kind of comedy I do. <laughs> all of these reasons why, like all the, all of a sudden the imposter syndrome like starts to settle in. And you're like, oh, I can't well, do any of it. Well, this wasn't even imposter. This was just this is not what I do. I can't I can't live up to this. And do I think that I lived up to those movie performances? A hundred percent. No. But audiences enjoyed it. And um uh, and I, like, I got to, so much from to it. some kids somewhere like you are that you are the original version of that for them. And then they went and saw the movie. Well, hopefully they <laughs> <laughs> No, Carl, that's a thing. You're the original version. They're like, oh, I saw this guy named Carl do it once upon a time in like some theater somewhere. And you're the original version of that for them. Now, yeah. which is kind of exciting. Yeah, it is. You know? 
kind of exciting. That's not a bad thing. So, all right. Then my second one is, and Carl and I have talked about this a lot. And I honestly, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen it, (laughs) I'm so sorry for you because it's going to change your whole life. But it is the 1997 Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella starring Brandy Norwood and Whitney Houston. Jesus Christ, oh man, was it not the most life-altering moment? Oh my God. So when I first saw, so 97, I'm what? I'm eight? Is that right? Eight? My brother, we're four years apart. Yeah, yeah, not even. No. Four, nine, yeah, 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 yeah. Not even eight. I'm like six. And uh, it was on. And I remember being in my, my, I have a distinct memory of being in the, in our, my family's basement. My mom was folding laundry. It had to be a Sunday because she only did laundry on Sundays when we were younger. Um, But my mom was doing laundry, folding laundry. And the, that princess giving a ball opening moment, I just watched. (laughs) It's like these dancers like jump over barrels, spin things on their head. I mean, it was magical. I I was like, what is happening? I had no concept of what a musical was at that point. I just knew how old I had to be. I had to be six or seven. Oh, so this even before hairspray. Okay, yeah, Great. yeah. But this is and the difference is, is like I had no real concept of what was happening. Right. Right. Like I just. I didn't know that that's what a musical, like that was a musical. I just was like, oh, they're singing. Kind of like my Disney, like my favorite Disney animated movies. Right. Where they, I'm just like, that's a thing people do. No real concept that like, oh, Rodgers and Hammerstein are these titans in the musical theater world. And they, this is one of their shows is getting put on this like TV movie thing starring Brandy Norton and Whitney Houston. Mm. I knew who Whitney Houston was because I was a human being on the planet. <laughs> and duh. And uh and I knew who Brandy Norwood was because her album like lived on rotation in my parents' house. Like just constantly. I just one of my favorite singers as a kid. And she had it like, yeah, she was she was very important to us. So moving so all of that, right? I'm watching, I'm watching this movie and I am I am entranced. My mom is like, what are like, are you okay? Like trying to get my attention. I'm like, this is so cool. What's happening. And she's like, Oh, it's a musical. Nothing. Did understand. Did understand. Oh, I watched the whole, t- I watched all of it. And I, the, the iconic thing about that film is that it is as diverse. Right. As you can possibly get. Right. Like, especially for the nine, like at that point in time in the world, like there was, it was just Whoopi Goldberg and Victor Garber had a, a child and he was Filipino and no one thought anything about it. Right. It was just what it right. was. And I, I remember watching that and being like, oh, there's people who look like me. Yeah. That's exciting. I didn't, oh, like no real concept of like how important that was. Just acknowledged that like, oh, they look like right. me. Right. Cool. Right. Um, and they're singing songs and like it's it's this style that I had never heard of. Right? My my only real interaction with music at that point was stuff that I would have heard on the radio. So a lot of R and B, a lot of like hip hop, a lot of rap. 
Nothing. No, wait a minute. Like this. Your your parents are playing rap at home for the six year old to listen to. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Like with no real concept of like me like i don't know what what, i didn't understand what was happening if you know what i mean like it was like yeah i mean obviously there are varying degrees of what's being said in rap and there's a huge but but even still i think at six i didn't i could you couldn't have told me that like if they were rapping about something that i didn't understand that i could figure it out like i just had no clue um well there's nothing to be understood about fuck the police it's pretty clear (laughs) what is being said there (laughs) Right, but I didn't understand why. I just knew that they were saying the words, and I wasn't allowed to say the words, so I didn't say it. Oh, interesting. Okay, you know? like yeah, yeah. It, like I don't get it. I know I can tell you what they're saying, and I can tell you it's probably bad, but I didn't understand. Right. I couldn't process. All right. Um, but these people on this sh- on this movie all of a sudden are singing in a way that I had never heard before, mm-hmm. and it's and it's uh, and it's. It's like big sweeping sounds and there's mm. orchestras that are like like large and just warm and you get to um the ball sequence, right? Where he's dancing with all of the girls and it like slowly speeds up as time goes on and I was like, That's cool. I wanna do that. How do they do that? And then I realized that like it's probably just camera work. Like that took me a lot longer to realize that it was just camera work that did it but it's okay um but they're doing that right and then she walks in at the top of the staircase and time stands still and it was in that moment that i was like i want to have that i want to walk into a place and everyone just stop and stare at me i would practice walking down my basement steps (laughs) just like that carl i wish i was kidding i really wish why what's wrong with it because it's ridiculous as an adult to say out loud, but I would practice walking down the steps of my parents' basement to my parents' basement. I would open the door, and the world would like halt for two seconds. Yes, but how wonderfully healthy is that to have a young person practicing being seen? Wow! Wait, yes, right? that's deep. Wait, Carl, that's very deep. It's yeah. true, though. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I was doing. At all the levels for Cinderella, who was being silenced and oppressed, right? Oh, all of deep. it. Wait, that's so deep. Oh, my God. I had never thought about it like that. Yeah. But you're so right. Yeah, I I mean, that's what I, I would I would do that all the time. I would, like, open the door and I would, like, she, like, takes this, like, like breath before she starts walking down the steps. And I, I like, practiced it. It's like, I'm going to like, people are going to notice me and it's going to be okay. Um, And so, yeah, it became one of those movies. And then you couldn't get it on anything, right? It was like not on DVD. It was like locked in some vault somewhere. You couldn't find it. And I just like had to live, like I had to live with the memory of it for so long before we got, before we found it again on DVD. And now that it's on Disney plus, it's like been a real game changer. Probably watch it once a month it'll just be on in the background like i don't need to be like physically invested i will just like but like hearing it is super important to me um but i think it really was the first one of the first times that um i got to see this art form performed in a way that made total sense right um but featured people who look like me 
you'll you'll see with even with my last one um all of my and they all have a connection to me as a child like in my childhood years um but all of the sh- movies i picked and a lot of this is the stuff that i watched i like needed them to look like me i needed to know that of i had space. well yeah and but it's but musical theater can feel so often and this yep. can get real serious no um, it's i don't know where you're going but musical theater can feel real like it's not a, a space created for people who are black or people of color in general and um, so any opportunity I had to watch something that featured this form of art that I love and appreciate so much with people who looked like me in it was huge. And so I, I didn't just watch them. I obsessed over them. I like devoured in every way. And as a boy growing up in the Midwest who couldn't get to New York on a weekly basis to see other things... These are big deals. Right. Of course. Huge deals. Of course. Um, and so the fact that Whitney Houston even, you know, figured out how to produce that and got it, got it to be made is giant. Um, and I'm, inter- I'm eternally grateful because I don't know if I would have ever gotten, I don't know if, I, you know, it set off a trajectory that I didn't even know was starting. Well, can you imagine what it must have felt like for, for her and for someone like Brandy? And I mean, and other people, that magnificent man who plays the the prince, yeah, to to get such a public opportunity to do that. And I no, because all I can think of is like how I would feel, and it it like it halts me. Right, right. It like like I it. That seems so large, so much larger than anything I could have ever dreamed of. And so to be a, to be a part of that, you know, right. Be, I mean, yeah. to go back in time and even be a, a fly on the wall for that would be exciting. I know. Right. Although, you know, I want to give a shout out to David Armstrong's podcast, Broadway nation. And, um, uh, if I knew I was going to do that, I would have looked it up. So I had the whole title, but he has an incredible series uh, that basically highlights women's roles, immigrants roles, black role, gay participation. And he goes through it at great length and you start to realize, oh, these, um, I don't want to say oppressed, although he does talk about how they're outcasts. But these these communities that have been called other are really the heart and soul of, I would say, the theater, yeah. but really the musical theater, because yeah. you start to to think about the African-American influence just on music, period, which is there from the from from the beginning, shuffle totally. along and all of these other shows that we've never even even heard of, you know, but as it got more and more about money. It became to 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 my eye watching it all. It became much more about uh, rich white audiences, and so there's going to be less interest. So the fact that Whitney Houston had the had the cachet to do something like this, and for my money, if I was going as somebody who has done a lot of Rodgers and Hammerstein, they're not my favorite, but I appreciate them and I I respect them. If I was going to send someone to see what is really there 
I sent them to this version because they're, the movies are fine, but they're the other movies are fine. And the yeah. other versions of that are fine. But they're very much that kind of United States presented. It's all, it's, for lack of a better word, whitewashed, which was not necessarily what was happening on the stage, right? right? But for movie, for mass consumption, it was, it was, it was whitewashed. And there's a there's an honesty in the sexuality to Cinderella and the romance that I find much more appropriate to what those gentlemen were trying to create than these other versions, uh, versions that we have. I can't think of a Rodgers and Hammerstein um, filmed production, whether it's a pro shoot or not, that captures that the way this Cinderella does. Yeah. No, I and you. No, oh, it even gets close. No, no, that feels relevant. Yeah, it which is crazy because it was 97, and even in 2021, it still feels relevant. It still oh, yeah. feels like, like they they were they managed to have a conversation in 97 that we are unfortunately still having in 2022, <sighs> and so. So it's still, it can still be a part of, and I feel like it's come back in the zeitgeist like really heavily in the last couple of years. And so we're still talking about it in a way that I don't know if they thought was going to happen when they sat down to like make that film, but I'm glad they did because it, because it's important. It's become important. It, it has always been in the zeitgeist, the theater that mentored me in the 70s. Now, I'm trying to think of the exact year. 76, they did an, now this is Oakland, but it's still a largely white theater. It's a largely white audience, even though Oakland is not. But we did Oklahoma with a, a black Curly and a black Judd and a black Lori and a black, blah, blah, blah. yes, they were segregated because God forbid there should, you know, all of that nonsense. But People have been dealing with it and thinking about it for a long time. We talked about uh, um, my 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 favorite um, I want song, Golden Boy. You've yeah. got Golden Boy, and and when was the um, Carousel with with Audra as? Uh, oh. Because that's around there. We're in the nineties, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. And and the man she played opposite was white, and you had a principal. So I mean, it was it was happening. But it wasn't happening to the on this level. Right? Yes, yes. It wasn't happening on this level with the backing of like a. It also with the backing of Disney at that. Point yes, too, exactly. Right, like it, you know, just heightens all of it. Right, up. right. Um. So we, yeah, it, it, it is. It is certainly. Uh, I'm looking up this Audra. Like, when did Audra do it? I feel like. Do, 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 do. Um. Ninety four. Yes. Ninety four. Um, so that was a, that was a few years before this. Even. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where um, it it came into my life, and I think it really is the beginning of my appreciation for classical musical theater because I know that I have one that a lot of people my age don't really share. Um, but it, it but my first my first take on it was seeing a version that had people who looked like me. So of course I thought I could do it. Yes. They were, I, my my example was people doing it who looked like me. So so of course, um, I feel like I have space in that world. And when I started to hear that I didn't have space in that world, I was like, no, good. I'll fuck you on that one. That one I don't. I will not support no. that. I can also. 
Um, so it's yeah, that's my uh, that's my second choice. Well, and your parents did something right that you that was that 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 was your reaction and not yeah. retreat away from. And thank God for all of us. Um, but I think it's always been the case. I think through the whole history, there's been there may have been segregation, but there were all of these voices struggling to create and and do. Uh, it's t- it's too bad that neither Rogers nor Hammerstein would have gotten to see that that yeah. film. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah it's a, that's a sh- that's a crime. But yeah, yeah. so um, I guess we're gonna wrap it up with that one. Yes, and we'll uh, we'll continue our discussion of movie musicals next time. Yes, we want to hear what yours are. Of all Absolutely. the different variations, and give a shout out to Musical Theater Radio and Jean-Paul Yovanoff, who does have an incredibly eclectic, diverse uh, palette of musical theater. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, you can find us on social media at Fill Me In The Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what your um, favorite movie musicals are and why and like what connection do you have to them? I'd love to hear about it. There's so many. Yes. Yeah. And if you have anything that moved you this week, anything that made you feel uh, spiritually moved, anything that you did f- that made you like physically move your body in a different way, share that too. Why not? I'd love yes. to hear it. Yes. Share. Yeah. So we'll see you next time on Fill Me In. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the pod. We want you to fill us in. We want to use this podcast as a conversation starter to learn what you think about the different topics that we take on. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fill Me In The Pod. That's Fill Me In The Pod. Woo! And we want to give a shout out to our artist Sloan, who made the beautiful design of Kirk and My Face. <laughs> and our podcast was edited by Nicholas Clark. Nicholas Clark. Till next time. Bye.